Likuti Sikha is Chedech Avdalet, Volume 24, the Sikha for Parsha's Bracha. This Sikha will explain the difference in the mode of Avoida between Moshe and Aaron, and will conclude with a tremendous lesson in how our approach should be to Avas Yisrael, to loving a fellow Jew. Just to familiarize, familiarize ourselves quickly with several uh, concepts that will be brought up in the Sikha. Number one, in the Torah, whenever it says base Yisrael versus B'nai Yisrael, B'nai Yisrael means the children of Israel, base Yisrael means the house of Israel. What is the difference? Well, usually, or typically, B'nai Yisrael is a reference to the men, the children. Ben is a son. Whereas base Yisrael, the house, includes not only the men, but also the women and children. This relates to what the Gemara tells us, that when Aaron HaKoyen passed away, Aaron, the brother of Moshe, it says, Vayifku Oisai kol beis Yisrael, the entire household of the Jewish people cried. Why? So the Gemara tells us, because Aaron, besides being the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, that he was so well liked by everyone, because everybody felt that they lost a friend when he passed away. Why? Because he was the one who always brought peace, as it says, between one person and another, one brother and another, between husband and wife, and therefore so many people were able to attribute even their mere existence, the fact that they were born, to Aaron HaKoyen. One last thing, in chapter 34, verse 1, it says, Moshe went up to Mount Nevoi, Mount Nebo, now the Gemara tells us that Nevoi also hints to Nun Boy, 50 in it. What does that mean? That on the day of his passing, Moshe was elevated to the 50th level of Bina. We know that there are 49 levels in the aspect of Bina, in the attribute of Bina. And that are levels, at least someone like Moshe, that could be achieved by a human being with the proper and, most, and dedicated uh, avoider that's applied. However, the 50th level, that's something that's given from above, and that Moshe was, quote, elevated to on the day of his passing. So in our Parsha, in chapter 34, verse 8, it says, it describes how Moshe passed away, and it describes in detail the great attributes of Moshe, and then it tells us how all the B'nai Yisrael cried for him. Now, in Parsha's Chukas, in Chapter 20, verse 29. Over there it describes the passing of Aaron. And over there it says, All the household of the Jewish people passed away. So there are two basic explanations that I give for this. When I say basic, I mean by commentaries that typically uh, approach their explanations of the Pasuk based on Pshute Shamikra. For example, like the Eben Ezra or the Cheskuni and so on. The first one says that the reason why when Aaron passed away, the entire base Israel cried, meaning everybody cried, because he explains it in the following manner. Moshe Rabbeinu, his brother, was alive. Moshe Rabbeinu was the greatest Jew, the great leader of theirs, and therefore, when he was in mourning, when he was in sorrow, they felt such pain for him, him being their great leader, that everybody cried 
for his loss. Whereas when Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, there was no one, quote, there was no one like him that was left. There was no great person like him that was left. And therefore, not everybody cried. Yes, people who missed Moshe cried, but there wasn't this great leader to feel bad, to feel sorry for. That's one explanation. The second explanation is the one that's actually brought in Rashi, that when Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, only the children of Israel mourned his loss. Why? Because they related to the fact that they now lost their leader, meaning anybody that can appreciate the greatness of Moshe, which was typically the men, because they learned Torah from him. Whereas when Aaron passed away, as we mentioned in the introduction, even the women, even the children cried, everybody felt like they lost a personal friend. They lost someone. Now, if you examine this, according to the first way of explaining it, according to the first interpretation, it, it's obvious that the emphasis is, is on the greatness of Moshe. Because it's saying that when Aaron passed away, there was still a great person left. Whereas when Moshe passed away, there was no match. There was no one left. And therefore, there was no one to feel bad for. However, when you focus on the second commentary and the second interpretation, it seems that the emphasis is not on Moshe's greatness, but rather on Aaron's greatness. Because we're pointing out the contrast between Aaron and Moshe. And it seems to make a point to emphasize that Aaron was greater. Everybody felt a loss when Aaron passed away versus Moshe's passing. Now this obviously brings to a fundamental question. It's obvious that when you speak about the passing of Moshe, this is the this is the time to speak about his greatness, his virtues, especially considering that the psukim, the verses preceding this verse and proceeding this verse all talk about his virtues and his greatness and his accomplishments. So how does it suddenly fit in to kind of knock him, to bash him and say, well, Aaron was greater than And moreover, Rashi doesn't even bring the first explanation, which, like we said, does seem to have a place in Pshutai Shalmikra. Rather, Rashi just emphasizes, and in his wording, it seems to highlight the contrast between Moshe and Aaron and how Aaron is greater. He makes a bigger emphasis of pointing out Aaron's greatness. Now, even if this is indeed the case, okay, so it's true. And even if it's absolutely necessary to point this out someplace. But is this the right place to do it? Why would the Torah point it out here? When Moshe passes away, this is the time to kind of like put him down to bash him? Therefore, this must lead us to the conclusion that this actually brings out the greatness of Moshe and this actually points a very positive something very positive about Moshe that specifically while he was passing away while Moshe is passing away and we're describing his greatness, we're recounting all his virtues, specifically here, we have the Torah makes a point, and Rashi makes that point too, to point out that still, even Moshe, so to speak, is telling us, listen here, Aaron is greater than me, or at least in this aspect, I want you to focus on Aaron's virtues, not on mine. So what is this? How are we going to understand this? So the Rebbe says we'll understand this by first prefacing what really is the reason that Moshe wasn't like Aaron? Is it because he was lacking Abbas Yisrael? That cannot be. Because we know even the Gemara makes the statement emphatically and to the extent that it says even the Tzedekim, even those who did not believe in Torah Shabal Peh, even they 
those people who broke away from tradition, even they said, quote, Moshe Rabbeinu Oyev Yisrael Hoya. It's a fact. Moshe Rabbeinu loved his fellow Jews. And we find it over and over and again in the Torah. And we see this expressed in all aspects, in all areas. In the spiritual, of course, Moshe spent his whole life selflessly and with absolute dedication teaching the Yidin to the extent that it says when he received the second Luchais, Hashem gave him personally a gift, the gift of Pilpul of the Raisa, and he shared it with Eden. He was under no obligation to do so, and he shared it with us, and we have it perpetually for all generations, this aspect of total learning. It was a gift from Moshe. It was a personal gift that he received from Hashem, and he chose to share with us. So here you see spiritually, he gave away to us, and he had love to every Jew. And then, of course, in the material, I mean, he took care of all our needs, and even to the extent that when some of our needs vanished, Due to the passing of Miriam or Aaron, how did they return? Whether it was the well, whether it was the clouds of glory, how did they return? In the schus of Moshe. So it's certain that Moshe had absolute Abbas Yisrael. So then what is the, how do we understand the difference between him and, and um, Aaron? It's obvious because there's something about this that Moshe just could not do this. In other words, no matter how great the extent of his Abbas Yisrael was, Moshe was not capable of functioning and behaving like Aaron in this aspect of things, in the aspect of bringing peace between one another. How do we understand it? Well, the Gemara describes how Aaron Akoyin was successful, how he was able to negotiate these, these um, mending of, 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 of hearts bringing people together after they were torn apart by argument, by fights, and so on. Well, it says that Aaron would go, and he was Mishana Esa Emes. He changed, he deviated a little bit from the truth. He wouldn't lie, because you're not allowed to lie. But the Gemara says that you see over here that in order to bring about peace, Mutter Lishanais, you're allowed to somewhat change. In other words, you don't have to say the whole truth, which in a sense is, is, is not purely true, but you're allowed to somewhat conceal the truth, a little, do a little, little deviation from the actual facts in order to bring about peace. Moshe was not capable of doing this. Moshe could not possibly do this because we know that Moshe, the hallmark of Moshe, Moshe Emes, Vitaira Emes. Moshe is the epitome of truth. Truth, 100%. 100% is not 99.9% of truth, but 100%. He was not able to do it. And even though, that Aaron didn't do anything wrong. Remember, whatever Aaron did is absolutely consistent with the Torah. Not only is it consistent with the Torah, but it's something that Moshe Rabbeinu himself taught to the people and said, this is an ideal of the Torah that you're allowed to somewhat deviate from the truth. You're allowed to sometimes conceal the truth a little bit in order to bring about peace. That is true. And it's consistent with Torah. It's consistent with Torah's Amos. But Moshe himself, being the epitome of truth, was just not able, was not able, was not capable of doing this. And since both of these modes of avoida, both of these approaches are both consistent with the Torah, they're both true according to Torah as we just established, it's understood that each one has an advantage that the other doesn't have. There's an advantage in Moshe's approach of 100% absolute truth, and then there's an advantage of Aaron's approach where you do need to conceal the truth somewhat, but yet you bring about peace between one another, absolute chesed, kindness. And with this, 
with Aaron's approach, true, you have to deviate somewhat from the truth or somewhat conceal it, but this is the only way you can reach the lower elements, the tachtoin, the lower tier. And especially such people, imagine how low they may be, they must be, that the only way to reach them, the only way to bring about peace between them is to conceal the truth. And this is a matter in which you are able to reach them. This is the great advantage of Aaron, but on the other hand, you have the great advantage of the mode of Avoida of Moshe, which is absolute, unfiltered, unadulterated truth, 1,000%. Now we can appreciate why, specifically when Moshe is passing away, this issue pops up, and why the Torah talks about it. It's not just the Torah, Moshe is talking about it. You see, in the course of his entire life, Moshe was totally involved, totally engrossed in his mode of Avoida. Emes, truth. This was his whole focus. Now, however, as the Pasuk says in the beginning of chapter 34, that Moshe now went up, he elevated himself, he went up to the Mount Nebo, which is the place where he's going to pass away. In other words, he completed his entire avoid of his entire life, his entire life's mission. Now he had the space, he had the capacity to reflect and better appreciate the advantage in the mode of Avoidah of Aaron Akoyin. And this, says the Rebbe, is along the lines of the explanation that's given in a very interesting episode that's quoted in the Gemara. In Gemara Brachis, on uh, page 28b, the Gemara there relates that Rabbi Yochanan Menzakai, who was the greatest of the sages, and, and the Gemara ref, refers to him as one of the holiest of the sages. Right before his passing, he said to his students, to his disciples that were around him, I, I don't know what way they're going to take me. In other words, I don't know if I'm going to Ganeidon or to Gehenim. I don't know. And the question is, what is he talking about? He knows what he was occupied with his whole life. He was occupied his entire life learning Torah himself and teaching others. That was his whole life. So how could he possibly have this doubt? So the answer, explanation that's given is that he thought and notwithstanding the fact that he did so much, but perhaps he didn't fully accomplish what his Shodesh and his Shama was meant to accomplish. In other words, he did a lot. He has a lot to show for, especially more you know, beyond and above any other person. However, perhaps what his Nishama could have, was potentially um, suited for, maybe he felt like he didn't fully accomplish it. But the question is, one second, is this the time, moments before you're passing? To reflect on this? Rabbi Yechel Mezake is, so to speak, waking up now to reflect on this? This is something he should have occupied him years ago so he can perhaps work on perfecting himself if he thought that he may need to perfect himself and give himself a better chance of going to Gan Eden. Where was he till now? The answer is, the explanation is, that till now he was so occupied in learning Torah and teaching others that he just didn't have time to think about himself. He did not have any space to reflect on his own personal self, what's going to be with him himself. Now, however, that he completed his entire life's mission and he's about to pass away, now he has those few moments to reflect, to think about himself, where his standing is, while we hear where he's going. And that's why he expressed it now. Likewise, says the Rebbe, we can understand by Moshe, 
Dafka now, specifically now that he completed his whole life's mission, and he's about to pass away, now Moshe has the capacity, has, so to speak, the space to reflect on the difference of the approach between himself versus his, bro- <coughs> excuse me, his brother Aaron, and which one is greater. And that is why it's written here. Because it's important to know this here. Moshe Rabbeinu wants us to know it. The Torah wants us to know it. Now, the question is, what really was his reflection? Let's, 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 let's analyze it. What was he reflecting? And he came to a conclusion, and that's why it's written here, and that's why it's expressed here, that yes, indeed, notwithstanding the fact that he was the attribute of emes, of truth, and that's why he couldn't operate in the mode that Aaron operated in, but yet now, at the last moments of his life, he comes to this reflection, to this appreciation that Aaron is greater. But the question is, truth is truth. If that's who you are, why now the difference? In other words, what changes now? If it's true, if it was the right way for you, your personal approach to Abed Hashem was from the, from, the, from the aspect of truth, and that is the way you operated, why would it suddenly change? What would change now? Why now, as you're about to pass away, suddenly you're ready to relinquish a little bit of that truth? Suddenly it makes more sense that you shouldn't be absolute truthful? Even for something so noble as bringing people together. But it wasn't until now, for all these past 40 years, it didn't really play a role. It wasn't significant enough to change your mode of service of Hashem. Why now? Well, according to Chassidus, we'll get a better appreciation. When we say histalkus, which typically means passing, it doesn't only mean the nishama departing from the guf, but histalkus also means elevation that now you're elevated to a much higher level. And this is expressed in that very verse that we quoted before, Vayal Moshe Har Nevoi, that Moshe went up to Har Nebo. The, 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 the sages tell us, Nevoi hints to Nun, which means 50, for the number 50, boy in it. That Moshe Rabbeinu enjoyed such a great elevation on the day of his passing, one that no human being, even Moshe, can reach on their own accord, Moshe Rabbeinu was given this. Moshe was elevated to it, was brought up to it on this day, and that's what the Pasuk is expressing. You see, let's look at the difference between the approach and the effect of what Moshe served to the people and what Aaron served to the people in general terms. Moshe Rabbeinu his aspect, his function, so to speak, was what we call Hamshacha Lamata, drawing down. He's the one who brought us down the Torah. He was the one who brought everything down to the Eden. He brought the word of Hashem to the Eden. Whereas Aaron, where is Aaron's service described? When you bring up the candles, which those candles are representative of all the various types of Jews. So Aaron's mode was bringing up, elevating, whereas Moshe's was bringing down. Now we can appreciate it. During the course of his life, Moshe Rabbeinu's entire mode of, of, of service, of operation, was bringing things down. Hamshacha lemata. Now, however, Vayal Moshe, Moshe was elevated, Moshe was brought up, 
In other words, he got like a switch, and he was elevated to a point where Moshe also now somewhat adopted the aspect of Aaron. This is where he began reflecting on the Mila of Aaron Akoyin, on the advantage of the mode of Aaron Akoyin, notwithstanding the fact that he stood for the and was the epitome of Emes of truth. This is the lesson, says the Rebbe for us, that while Moshe is passing away, Moshe is telling us, and he's emphasizing, the Mila, the greatness, the advantage of the service, of the mode of service of Aaron. That in order to appreciate, that we should all appreciate how great the idea, the concept, the endeavor of Abbas Yisrael is. That even though Moshe had Abbas Yisrael his entire life, in the most perfect manner, but yet at the very last moment when he gets elevated to a higher level, he tells us, listen here, my brother Aaron, that's the way you should have Abbas Yisrael. That is what every Jew should do, to bring up every Yid, even if you have to, so to speak, override your own greatness, you being the Moshe, the Emes aspect, even then, says Moshe, when you reach such a level, you appreciate that this is what truly should be done. This is Abbas Yisrael.